Welcome to Masters of Employee Development, Mike Acker's podcast devoted to training team members in any type of organization. As a best-selling author, corporate trainer, and business leader, I seek out guests each week to discuss training successes, challenges, and best practices. On this show, you will hear from incredible CEOs, HR directors, and other experienced managers responsible for leadership and development. Lean in, listen, and take part in a community dedicated to improving life through increasing leadership. Hey, welcome back. I got Jeff Wright back with me today. We're going to talk about leadership and development. Jeff, thanks for coming back. Thanks, Mike. Great to see you. Hey, it's, we're recording this back to back, so it's fun to fun to jump in there. But uh, for everybody else, has come back a little bit later on a different podcast. But we're going to dive into leadership and development. And uh, first of all, just a brief recap. Give us the short. What does your company do, and who is your company? Who's Jeff Wright? Uh, yes, Mike. So uh, I am co-founder and managing partner of Fusion Projects. We are an international global alcoholic beverage company. So our two, our two major brands are Four Loco and Mamitas. And in the last one on Monday on the YouTube and on the podcast for Advanced Mike Acker, we talk about some of the leadership lessons that you learned to advance. We're really talking about leadership development now. You took a three-person company and then exploded it globally. So first of all, let's just grab one employee that you're proud of and just give us a, a sample of one employee that you helped develop and that's now having tremendous success in your company or elsewhere. So yeah, Mike, um, we've got one employee that really stands out. Uh, we look when we started the business, we were looking to source employees, which were very difficult to find because we didn't know anybody within the industry. So we targeted our biggest competitor at the time. They knew how to build brands. They were very successful in guerrilla marketing. We didn't have many funds. So we figured out, let's go after their employees. And they're the ones that can help us build this business. And we can learn from them at the same time. So one of those employees started in, in San Diego and he was actually employee number one, and he's still with the company 17 years later. Wow. And actually, he works in our bit with our Mexico business unit at this time. So in, in a season where we call this the great resignation and people are leaving, how do you keep someone like that for 17 years? Employee retention is super important to us. So as a leader... I like to speak to everybody at least 30 minutes, maybe an hour every six months. So they're getting a touch point. I'm finding out what's working, what's not working. How can we better the organization, how they're feeling, not only from a business and professional standpoint, but also from with COVID and everything going on from mentally, how are they feeling and what can we offer them for services to, to make their life better? So even as you saw COVID run out, it's or really start out there and and quarantine and all of that. What did you do to maintain morale? So during that time, uh, over communication was key. During that time, um, people were working from home. There were families that didn't have childcare and working from home. So it created an extremely challenging and stressful environment for a lot of families. 
So giving them resources and whether it's headspace or giving them subscriptions for three or four months of headspace, giving them, um, you know, United Healthcare, mental health links and people to talk to as far as um, helping them from a, a, a mental well-being standpoint, as well as anybody that was still working out on the front lines, we sent them uh, kits with gloves, sanitizer, masks to make them feel more comfortable when they're working out there hitting those retail accounts. And that's something that you're very conscientious of, of that, the person on the other side, person before just profession and just business. What are some other challenges that, that you see in, in developing leadership? I mean, you've now been in this for 17 years. You've gone through different stages of success and, and we're, it's been really tough. You've expanded to 40 different countries. So what challenges do you see in developing leadership? I think right now in developing leadership, it's retaining, it's retaining top talent. <laughs> the labor market is super tight, as you know. Yeah. Um, like attrition, we've never had so much attrition in the company's 17-year history. Yeah. That is due to tech companies willing to pay 30 to 40% more for a similar role, but selling sale, you know, software versus selling for loco or mamitas. So it's been, it's been extremely challenging from an employee retention standpoint. Um, and in order to keep them engaged, we, you know, more recently, we, we created an employee bonus pool that is going to be, you know, handed out to many of our, our, our key executives throughout the organization. That's cool. So you got that you're you're aware of their individual needs in the midst of that to keep them retained. You're communicating with them outside of this big, huge job market shakeup. Is there anything else that you've seen as a consistent challenge? I mean, I know for for example, what challenges does does being international bring that a lot of maybe probably a lot of people listening here are more like just just United States. So what challenges, unanticipated challenges, does that bring? I think communication. So um, as well as the cultural differences of working in specifically Latin American countries versus working in the U.S. Um, there's, there's a lot of hierarchy in historically in, in Latin American companies and culture in, a, in the U.S., we're a very flat organization. So if an area sales manager wants to pick up the phone and give me a call, they have access to me and I'm going to give them the time and talk to them. So trying to transfer the culture from the U.S. to Mexico and build that trust with them or Colombia or Peru, that matter, is has been time consuming, but it's a work in progress and we are getting there. I mean, when we talk to a lot of our employees and in those other international countries, they're, they're astounded by the way we, the ways of working and how we work as an organization, because it's comes, comes foreign to them. The other <laughs> challenge, Mike, the other challenge, Mike, uh, is, um, the working in silos. So departments aren't talking and that creates a lot of riff across departments when they should, we'd like to see them collaborate and work together. 
So people are talking within the marketing department that aren't talking to supply chain. We're running promotions. We're running out of product. And these, these two departments aren't talking. And it creates a lot of tension across the organization. That's one of those ones that you know, we see a lot. We know, I mean, Patrick Lencioni, one of my favorite books, he talks about silos, politics, and, and turf wars in that. I was in sales for a while and I remember like, <laughs> the technical side of things didn't always like the sales side of things because sometimes we were promising things that the tech couldn't actually deliver and we didn't understand yes. why they couldn't deliver. <laughs> right, right, right. So you have so, this. And with that communication, what type of communication are, are you doing to make sure that you're crossing over that? So to create that cross-pollination, we actually have done multiple seminars with each department to understand within the organization what each department does. So if I'm looking for X, Y, Z, you go here. If I'm looking for this, you go here. And these are the nuances from producing a product. This is what goes in a can of four loco. These are all the things that need to happen in order to us to meet our production window from a supply chain standpoint. Or, you know, even just from shipping to distributors, we get the order in, the order is, is processed, but then it doesn't ship out for three or four weeks. These are the reasons and the constraints why the order is being shipped out late. So just get a better understanding of what everybody does in the organization, gives them an idea of who do I need to talk to, who needs to be, who, who needs to be in the loop on whatever action we're moving forward with. I think the, the word that maybe encompasses a lot of that is helping people be empathetic for each other. It's help them feel for that guy's feeling what this guy's feeling. This guy's understanding that. And we, we tend to be better human beings when we're empathetic with, with one another. And that was that buzzword that kept on popping to mind as you said that. Yes. hundred with, percent. With you developing a company from the ground up, that means you've had to take people from entry-level positions to executive positions in, in all over, in directorship positions and management positions. So has there been some kind of pipeline that you've developed that someone could come in and if they want to advance, this is the path to do it? Yes. Yeah, so we actually started a PFL, a Fusion Future Leader Program where we actually integrate those people into our exec meetings. They've got a seat at the table. They're hearing the conversations that we're talking about. They're hearing from a higher level the challenges that we're facing. They're also, we're also extremely transparent with the financials and our P&L. So they're seeing, okay, if I do this, if I sell more here, it's going to net more in the bottom line for everybody so we can reinvest in marketing sales promotions, whatever. So just giving them exposure to those types of those, those types of meetings has, has been extremely, extremely beneficial to, to all of us because we learn a lot from them as well. That, that transparency and that exposure, I can see that backfiring at times. And that probably even but somebody in your position might be thinking like, ah, I want to bring someone into that conversation because then they might hear something and use it against us or something. So have you ever seen it backfire? We have, and those people aren't part of the program anymore, are probably no longer part of the company. Right. So we how do you- that We need that trust and we need that transparency on, on both ends. If they're, if they're facing challenges and we don't find out till six months 
eight months after the issue originally occurred, that's a problem. So is there any safeguard you're putting with yourself in exposing or is it almost kind of a, hey, if we get wounded, we get wounded? As an organization, we're more of an open book. And if we get wounded, we get wounded. Uh, the more radically transparent we can be with our team and the more vulnerable we can be with our team, I, I believe it goes a long way in building the culture that we're trying to create. I think that you're on to something there that in today's world, and the new upcoming workforce wants that vulnerability and that authenticity and, and don't want the closed doors that, you know, my grandfather worked for the same company for 40 years and he made his way up there. You know, once it was up there, it was pretty closed doors for everybody else. And, and yet today that doesn't, and that's just how it was. And today that's not how people want it. No, not at all. Not at all. And we, we found it extremely powerful. The more vulnerable and open and honest we are with communication, over communicating, uh, the better off the, the company and culture is within the organization. I'm always looking for uniquenesses in the way that people develop their teams and communication ends up being one that a lot of people are doing, of course. But I think what I'm hearing from you, Jeff, is almost this vulnerability, this exposure, this openness that is outside and then the empathy aspect are are two uniquenesses that you're bringing in and then if we're going to go international just that cultural awareness not try to bring bring the values but not try to bring the culture of america into a foreign market is there anything else that you'd say you know when it comes to developing leaders these are some key systems or key training components key areas that we want to equip people in? Yeah, so I think, um, uh, you know, authenticity, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I think, um, yeah, definitely. So we use a nine box to under truly understand where our employees are. Are they, are they performing? Are they rising fast? Are they, do they have the ability to rise fast? Are they high performers or are they not? So understanding where they are and be very transparent with your employees as to where they stand with you and within the organization. The last thing we want is someone to be surprised that they're, they get an underperforming review. So it's continued dialogue with them. They should never find out when it's time for reviews or mid-year reviews that they're underperforming. They should know on a weekly basis that, you know, this is where you stand. So I think that's one thing that's been extremely important as well as we use disc assessments. So we understand what their motivators are, what their stressors are, how to communicate to each other. And that has been extremely helpful in understanding each other. So we don't do it just so we see the disc assessment. We walk through the disc assessment with each employee and the employee's manager, so they know better how to manage the employee. And it also gives the, the employee an understanding of where are their blind spots and where are the things that they could do to prevent some of these stressors that they could foresee in the future. I think uh, what you're talking about there, just really understanding the employee is something that obviously you know me, in that I'm a huge believer in studying yourself and knowing yourself. And if, I mean, if someone's taken away something, 
this is something to go ahead and do to study yourself. But if you're a manager, man, studying the people that are with you to understand them, there's, you hit, you hit one of like my passion points when you start talking about doing these kind of studies and assessments and, and everything and, and being able to, to believe in them. Uh, one of the things that you, you said in the, in the previous part of advancing in leadership that you have this firm belief in yourself when you're starting the company. Now, in, in terms of studying your employees, you're talking about essentially believing in them. So what are some ways that you, you convey to them that, hey, we believe in you, we want you to succeed? What are, what are some ways that an employee is going to feel that or hear that? I think one of the best ways, just from a collaborative environment, I mean, just as simple as we've got a WhatsApp chat group where people are taking pictures of displays that they're building within stores, and then people are commenting to them, their managers, I am, my business partner saying, hey, dude, great work. I see you're out there crushing it in Kroger. I see you doing this X, Y, Z. Awesome job. You sold 50 case display here. You know, just continued communication and giving them you know, giving them credit and um, that you actually care about them. Just showing that you care is most important. That's cool. That getting a personal note from the founder and the CEOs, that goes a far way. I mean, I've worked in a global company before. You know, I never once got a personal note from, from people way up there. So that's cool that you guys are doing that. So as, as we kind of wrap up this whole idea of, of leadership and development and what people can do. Are there, are there, are there some challenges that you just keep going back to again and again, even after you've taught on it and just ad nauseum, what would be the thing that you repeat and you can never repeat enough? What are maybe one, two, three things that you could repeat and never repeat enough? I think, um, hire slow, fire fast. Is, is super important. There's been several instances where we've kept people around hoping for change and hope is not a plan. And uh, unfortunately they're with the company eight months and there's probably a better option or a better company or journey for them to go to. So it's kind of on us to make sure that they're headed in that right direction if they're, it doesn't work for us or it doesn't work for them within the organization. I think that's one I think two would be, and just continue to invest in people. Like I said, we, we do trainings monthly, weekly, annually, just on disc assessments. So people understand who they are as an individual and how to read the disc assessments. And then also know what does their manager's disc assessment look like? What are their behaviors? What are, what are their stressors? How best do I communicate with my manager? Um, I think those are two of the most important things that we continue to do as a company that uh, has been beneficial to us thus far. That's great. Well, Jeff, as, um, as we wrap up here, the way that I'm walking away from this is going person over profession, person over profession. Everything that you go back to is ask that person how they're doing. And, and I've got a chance and privilege to work with you in a couple of times. And always when I jump into a call with you, sometimes I can be like, okay, this, what are we working on today? <laughs> and you're always, how's the family? How's the kids? And by the way, which is a very Mexican thing too, 
if you didn't know yes, that. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It goes a long way there. It goes a long way there. But it's just a human connection and making people know that you care and genuinely care and being authentic with that goes, goes a, a really long way. And people are willing to run through brick walls. That's you. cool. Yeah, take that person, that personal touch into the professional. Yes. Be a little bit more Mexican. I grew up in Mexico, so I could say that. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Hey, well, thanks again. Thanks for being part of both sessions. And I really appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Great to see you. Happy and holidays. Yes. Happy holidays to you. Of course, this was after the holidays, but I love that. And uh, to all of our listeners, we hope that you've had a happy holidays. And thank you for subscribing, liking, sharing this with others as they're on a journey to develop the leaders around them. Thanks for listening to Masters of Employee Development. Do you know someone who would be a great guest? Send them to mikeacker.com forward slash apply. Do you want the show notes? Go to connect.mikeacker.com. Until next time, subscribe, rate, and give a review on Amazon or iTunes or your favorite platform.